songs unleashed. G'day ladies and gents, Robbie Turner here again with Axons Unleashed. We've got a really, really special episode here today. I've got one of my good mates, a really sort of a guy I've known for a long, long time, um, another very successful veteran entrepreneur in the real estate sector here as well, here on the Gold Coast. We're joined by the Clint Hines, the great man himself, Clint Hines here, mate. How are you, brother? Yeah, well, buddy, good to see you. Welcome to Axons Unleashed. I know we've been talking about this for quite a while and yep. your calendars and my calendars are extremely um, convoluted, let's just say that. Uh, volatile. I would really appreciate you uh, sort of taking the time to c- come to see us. Yeah. How's things here on the Gold Coast for you, mate? Yeah, great, mate. Yeah, really good. Um, been up here now for a decade. Mm. So got out uh, pretty much to the day around about 10 years ago. Right, and, we'll, we'll um, talk about that. Yeah, yep. straight into it. Yeah, yeah, mm. good stuff. Yeah. Um, I love these little podcasts and I'm like, I want to learn out, I want to learn why, where you grew up, why you joined the Army. Um, you know what was your what was your time like in the military? You yep. and I crossed paths many times, of yep. course, in Australia. You know, deployed, working with some really high end capabilities. So we'll be careful about the way we speak about that, of course. Um, you know, and then I've, as you know, mate, the time comes whereby your our time in the service comes to an end. Yep. How do you transition? How did that make you feel? What happened then? What are you doing now? And you know, boom! Like so, it's a, I love going through this sort of stuff and your story in particular. Will, have, will resonate so much with all of our listeners, mate, which is, you know, you're happy to share as, as yeah. much as what you're comfortable with? 100%. Great. Yeah. Well, tell us, yeah, let's let's go back to the start. Where, where'd you grow up? Tasmania. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tassie boy. Oh, I don't no, need to make around. any jokes about that. No, not at all. Not at all. But um, no, I grew up in Tasmania. The um, Well, actually, my grandparents met during the Second World War. My uh, grandfather was doing his um, training out of Canungra before he went to New Guinea. My grandmother was from... Tweed Valley, and mm. um, the rest is history. Uh, my grandfather, Pop, was from the west coast of Tassie, and um, <laughs> I always say to my old man, what was Nan thinking? Yeah. <laughs> You've <laughs> never down been there. down the yeah. west coast of Tassie. To go from Tweed to the west yeah. coast of Tassie. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Yeah, different times again in the 40s and 50s, but mm. um, hence why I grew up in the country in uh, northwest um, Tasmania. Yeah. You know what? Two things you just said then I think happen more often than not, Daniel, would you agree? People that have family history with people in the military, which may or may not had an influence about why you joined, and a lot of people grow up in the country as well. Yeah, yeah, it's just I think it's just that that easygoing lifestyle. Um, you know, having having a bit of resilience and grit in your lifestyle. Yeah. You know, when you grow up in the country, it ain't fucking easy. No, like you've got right. it. You know what a you know what a hard day's work is. Yeah, you do. And yeah, you do. That's why we laugh when we get to the Gold Coast. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's true. I, the times of me doing a hard day's work are over. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. You got your latte, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, mate, how, how was how was your up, up, upbringing, and, and when oh, did that good. first little spark of maybe you joining the military, you know, come, come into your life? Yeah. Oh, mate. Well, my father to supplement the income, always in small business and everything, but um, he was actually a professional shooter. Mm. Back down on all the farms and everything around the northwest and, and you know northern midlands of Tasmania, so I grew up with a gun rack above my bed. Now, if you say that to the normal person <laughs> on the coast here, they look at you a little bit weird. Yeah, you know, but um, that was it. You know, you had the Ruger and the Bruno above the bed, um, always out there, out in the elements, trout fishing, um, shooting, all that kind of thing. So it set me up well to go. Okay, I know I want to transition. Finished year twelve. I, I didn't want to go to university. I think the forces is the way. To Go. Did you ever think about going to Duntroon? Because you're an incredibly intelligent, well-spoken, switched-on guy. And you know, I did half my career as an OR, then went to officer. So, yeah, so it's... Got a story behind that. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like it's... 
And I ask a lot of people, even even some of our clients now, they're like, oh, you know, I'm really happy being a corporal. I'm like, fuck, why don't you go to Duntroon, mate? Like, go be an officer. I can assure you the military was made for officers in that decision-making and leading and sort of stuff there. But you just went straight to Kapuka, I take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Actually, um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. Go I actually it. failed a part of my test to go to Duntroon. Oh. And they said, so you can do this. And I was <laughs> like, what? Can I do the test again? <laughs> How old were you, though? I was only young, mate. I was only probably 18. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, was, it was pretty much that didn't help um, the decision-making process for them, I would say, because of I course. was young. Yeah. Even though very mature, coming from where I grew up, everybody at the age of 16, you're in the senior side for football. Yeah. You're in the elements. Driving, driving tractors at home Correct, that you're not really supposed to. Driving tractors at home. Yeah. Like, you know, taking the parents' car for a spin at the age of 13 out the back of you know, the country. Was same, a, same. Yeah, yep. same, same. Yeah, same, same. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a rarity. It was no, pretty much a weekly Especially when occurrence. they're fucking drunk and they're Correct. like, you're, you're now driving us home. Yeah, exactly. And even that didn't happen all the time. Well, <laughs> my, my parents used to own a pub. In country oh, Tasmania, even, even so better. all of a sudden, I wonder why I was so popular because the cool <laughs> room was at the back of the pub. But um, so all these, all these great stories and everything. But um, it just set us, set me up well. So I actually got into electronic warfare. I was meant to go into airframes and engines on the uh, Blackhawks, mm. but that uh, that waiting period for the IETs was eighteen months. And I went, well, I might as well go to uni. Yeah, right. And then all of a sudden, um, one of the warrant officers, warrant officers down there was XEW. So I, I went into that stream, and actually, when I started to get into be, becoming a bear and into electronic warfare, it was really at its infancy, uh, and then it just absolutely. What year took was this? Off. We're talking nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. So, Op Gold was coming up with the Olympic the Games. Hicks. You'd learn this later, but mm. the capability um, transition into SOCOM was done out of um, plans out of. Um, uh, 152 in Perth. Right. Yeah, and that, yeah. that bear component now is massive. Mm. But that was the start. It was forcing trip. Yeah, well, mate, well, that's, that's one of those things. As as technology evolves, mm. there's there's more focus on technology, which then enables what the warfighter needs to do on the ground because they're, 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 they're bundled up with technology these days as well. It's a, it's a brick, it's a golf bag approach, and it always will be. Yeah. But um, even more so when you and I were overseas together, that mm. was it. We had to think outside the square yeah. for the force elements because we only had so many EW operators to spread through FER from Bravo. That yeah. was with, without the guys I had at Task Force 310. Yeah, and, so. and even then we were... Um, trying to use a whole lot of other theatre assets that we didn't own, so we had to bid for them. And I know you were doing the majority of the bidding, and yep. I know when you got lines of, of support for us, it was a bloody... It was a, it was hoot, a win. We, we knew it, our, our targeting was going to be enhanced for the next 48 hours or so. Um, but let's... Like, how'd, you find, how'd you find your time at um, Kapuka? Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, right. Yeah, I really enjoyed Head it. Head shaved, I ran into you. Out. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this man, ladies and gentlemen, actually taught me how to do ropes, <laughs> except uh, the, the, the Robbie Turner vulgar guy up ropes without using his feet. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the first time we met, and you wouldn't yeah. remember that, because no, I, I, I was just a red tabber. Yeah, so, well, there you yeah. go. I do not remember that. That's go. the first time you've told me that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah shit, there, you go. there you go. Told my wife this morning, she said, where are you off to? Mm. And I said to speak to Robbie. How'd you meet him? Well, actually, met what, him back there. What month was that? November. So it was late in 99. Yep. Righto, righto. I had, do um, you know Sean Spain? Yeah, Spainy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. He's in, the, he's in the real estate sector as well. He was one of my recruits down in Kapuka, actually in my bloody platoon. There you go. So, yeah, I'm going to get him on the podcast as well soon. I know he's had a bloody sore back lately, et cetera. So, yep. yeah, it's um, – <laughs> I look at myself back then. I was a 27, 28-year-old buddy. Um, you would agree – 
green running through my bloody veins. Yep. Loved the military to yep. the nth degree. And, you know, I'm just, Same. yeah, I fucking loved it. So um, I'm really enjoyed, I'm glad you enjoyed your time down there. And so, yeah, so you went to IET, you said you were going to yep. go a certain path. Turn yep. right instead of turning left, and then buddy went Into to the signals intelligence. Yeah, so down to Watsonia, Watsonia. then up to uh, Kabala mm-hmm. to the JDS there to do your basic training. I guess your IETs, yep. and that goes for twelve months. Language intensive. More back then it was Morse code. Yeah, um, still still take Morse code. Yeah, yeah Did bad. you like? Did you really enjoy getting into that really technical side and sort of behind the curtains, super spooky sort of stuff? What, did no, you, did you know you were like going down that path? No, what I enjoyed, I was actually one of the few that was lucky enough to go straight into a field unit after IETs. Usually a lot of the EW lads from the Army go down to Canberra. Sure. I went the other way, yeah. and straight into Timor, and then into the tactical side of things straight away. Only only done, what, six to nine months, straight over through RER into Timor, then yeah. bang, posted to Perth. Right, yeah, and yeah. the learning curve was very steep because when you're over in Perth, with that capability, mm. come very senior members of SASR. Mm. You know, the Howie Kents, the Rob Powell, like all, all, all these lads. Yeah. So they taught you a lot. And also going out on patrol, <laughs> here, here you are, you've pretty much touched a stire. Now, I've, I've always been good with rifles, but straight away they're down the ranges teaching you how to look after yourself. Yeah, they, they, weren't, even, they weren't even using them back then. They had sort of some way more advanced weapons, which is good. Correct. Mate, that's, that's gold. You, like, so your, your overall military career would have been just going from strength to strength. It was. Yeah, it really was. You know, I bet you were so glad you didn't turn left and go to aircraft fitters and went into the, the stream that you did because it, it you know, was able to uh, really suit your personality yeah, and what you're able to achieve so much and, and and also that capability was growing exponentially so quick out of perth and then all of a sudden bang four hour yeah raising the capability in 2006 yeah you know out of the old <laughs> old barracks yes before we got the new one which is brilliant big opportunity in green rolls yeah um the good thing about that capability there was a lot of sharing you know, which which was great. No one was above anybody else. But I really enjoyed my time over west, and it set me up very well to come into second command. Is that when they pretty much raised one two six then? Yeah, was that or that was that was, no, that was, that was already was established? Already but then that, that that's right. You tack on to Correct. that, and then away you go. Yeah, and they exactly. need to replicate what was happening one one five two, especially in the um, contingency piece. Mm-hmm. Yep, and with green rolls. Yep. Yeah, and then what was it like? Um, I know there was a real focus on some of that analysis of that type of information over in Afghanistan to do some targeting as well. And I think that's where you really came into your four and like really started to spread your wings, I should say, um, into that sort of four there to really bring the capability into some type of targeting which hadn't been done before. Yeah, that's right. That's right, without going too far into it. Mm. But that was that was the great thing, and especially with some of the uh, members that we had at Zulu Troop in 126, the guys that really knew their stuff but were very, very good on the ground. And it got to the point where, when we're rotating in from rotation four with Alpha Company through to, you know, pretty much the end. You know, I was going back for my fifth when I decided to get out of the army. Yeah, wow. it comes it comes to a fork in the road. I was always going to be destined to get into real estate. It was just a matter of when. Yeah. And, um, of course, you and I know, you just know when you know. Yeah, you do know. What was it like when you were going back for your, you know, because doing five, five trips over there is a lot. Yeah. You know, I only did three. Um, you only, know, and only. yeah, no. Well, there, there'll be a lot of a lot of listeners that have that'll that'll never do one, or only maybe did one or two, and they're like, yeah. "Wow, that was fucking arduous, and it took a really big toll on me." And everyone's got their own lunchbox that they live in, <laughs> but you did five, so no, you know, four. four. I was four. going back for my fifth. 
Got it. I was de- and um, I decided to punch out. Yeah. But everybody knew. Look, and just about to mention a name, uh, Rock. Mm. Tony Rockoff. Mm. I spent you know three four months with Rock in his vehicle, with our tactical chess game going on all the time. Yeah, and it was he loved his chess, didn't bloody he? Bloody loved his chess, and yeah. I only ever beat him once. So I think he let me let me win. I never did it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never beat him. He's always too good. Exactly. But um, R- so R- really, R.I.P. Brother, to you by the way. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that hit us hard. But um, so things like that. But it, it was just great to be over there developing that. Um, I guess that capability with uh, an absolute great top bunch of lads in that FE. Absolutely mm. loved it. Every minute of it. I mean, some of those walks we did, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. For, for those not used to Axons Unleashed, and you said you hadn't listened to an episode, but no. you've, you've come into it like you've, been, like you've been here since the start. When Clint said some of those walks, fuck, what he really meant was they were really hard. That's a technical term, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. When <laughs> they you took see, a lot out of you. When, when you see um, grown men cry, yeah. <laughs> into target, fight, tactical questioning, SSC, all that kind of stuff, and then punch out. And um, I think there was one time in 2007, Rufus, and I mean, oh, God, every time I think of that bloke, I just start laughing because he's the epitome of a soldier. Isn't and, he? And, a, and an absolute great leader of men. Mm. Because you want to follow that kind of guy, especially yeah. when you're impressionable, younger. You're looking for a bit of a father figure. Well, that man was was fantastic to go yeah. away with. Yeah, loose as hell, but great. I've <laughs> never heard a bad word say. I've never heard anyone say a bad word about that that great man Rufus. So if you ever get to listen to one of these, brother, I, yeah, I hope you're doing bloody really, really yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, same. So. Yeah, kudos, absolutely. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, when did you know, or when was that little penny drop moment where you're like, I don't want to go back there again, and I don't think I want to continue wearing the green anymore. Tell us about that. Try and do a bit of a memory recall about what those thoughts, mm. feelings, emotions, mindset, fuck, what am I going to do? What's my family going to think? Yep. Uh, I've got to walk away from all these great blokes and, and amazing relationships that we've just had, guys that are with us and not with us anymore. So, you know, like we'll go through a whole range of emotions. As, yeah, look at that amazing little brass band on your wrist there. Mm. What happens to you? What happens to someone when they're like, I don't want to be part of this anymore? It's funny because some of the hardest uh, times overseas uh, were in the earlier part of SOTG for myself, losing a Sean McCarthy. We haven't gone out on patrol yet. You know, interpreter loses his leg. Other guys are getting shot, you know, uh, main blown up, all, all that kind of stuff. And that comes with going to war and we expect that. But it's also the mental fatigue of getting yourself up year after year after year because, I mean, at the end of the day, you do realise this when you get out and we love everybody that's still serving. All my best mates are still in the green. Mm. But you do – it's a round peg for a round hole, Robbie. It really is. And it's just that prolixity of how you feel over a number of years doing the mental – side of things not the physical side we're all very fit pack fit and willing to work for one another it's the mental capacity as an individual that um where i went if i cannot go away and be a hundred percent because being in that force element and also um in force protection like in electronic Mm. warfare tactical sigint it's a big part of it everybody used to be getting some shut eye on patrol i was still listening that's right 
You, know you had I mean? to. Yeah, you yeah. had to. Because they were all very active at night time. Extremely. They're extremely. Ta- yabba, 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 yabba. I'll never forget a bloody patrol down a mirror pad, and everybody has been in Afghanistan has fucking gone down there a few times. And, um, and Matty <laughs> Cards turns around to me. It's pitch black. It's absolute. We just got to the four separation point, and, and Cards turns around. Fuck, it's quiet. And as soon as he said that, Straight away, I yeah. you know, you had to say it, didn't you? I'll never forget just these idiosyncrasies and and moments you have overseas. Mm. But that was it. If I could not go away, a hundred percent committed, mm. like when we were away in ops and um, the fat sea and everything as the Yulo, mm. there were times where I'd be flying around the country. I think I went for two days straight without sleep. Mm. If you cannot give that kind of effort yeah. to those men and women that are on the front line, don't go. Yeah. I haven't told this story before, but you've just sort of remembered something. When I was OC Ops Support Company, one of the guys, he'd just been promoted to sergeant, and he was thinking about getting out. His name was Rowan. Uh, did a lot of lot of time in the in the CT uh, world. And he was like, um, you know, sort of brought me, he goes, look, Robbie, um, there's no calling of sir down there, by the way. He's like, his first name basis, as you know. He goes, hey, look, Robbie, I've just you know, been speaking to my wife, speaking to my family, like, this is going to be the last trip for me. I'm going to get out after this one. And I just sat him down, and I said, listen, mate, I've known you for a long time. You put me through my um, commando training courses back in the day. You'd been here for, for a few years longer than me. And we've now grown together and we've evolved together. And, you know, you're now working with me and my company. If you don't want to be here anymore and you can't give that 110% and you're just mm. going over for one more trip. Yeah, for the sake of it. For the sake of it. And or probably grab a few dollars on the way out. Yeah. I said, I'm sorry to do this to you, bro, but you're not going. Yeah, 100%. And he's like, what do you mean? That's the right decision. I said, you've just told me you're getting out. If you have emotionally and mentally disconnected from the unit and from the army, I've got no issues with that whatsoever. And I hadn't even thought about getting out of myself. So I, I couldn't put myself in his shoes, but I was like, I've got to put the unit's needs first and everyone else's needs first here. If you're not in 110% like everyone else is, I'm sorry, bro, but you're not going. Yeah. And he was yep. fucking devastated. But a few days later, he came back and saw me. He's like, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I feel like there's a weight lifted off my shoulders now. I don't have to go. I don't have to expose myself to danger. I, I now have got clarity on what's going on. Mm. I'm now going to um, gonna bring forward my discharge day, and I'm looking forward to not being a, a, a military person, and I've got, an, I've got a job out on, on the outside. And, Robbie, thank you so much for pushing me in that, in, in that direction. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's funny how it all sort of works out, mate, isn't it? It's funny how the people I've met that have got out of the green or just general military, Navy, Air Force, Army, uh, perception's your reality. And for those that put others before themselves, in my view, are the best leaders I've actually served with. 100%. Yeah, of course. Definitely, yeah, yeah. 100%, because that's what yeah. it is. But when we get out... That's how we've generated and built very, very good businesses. It's all about one thing, and that is culture. Mm, so true. Yep. Yeah. For, um, knowing why the business exists, having that purpose or the North Star, and you do not fucking delineate from that one nope. little bit. Nope. And you do not accept standards that aren't in line with that. And if people and culture and behaviours are not congruent with that, then I'm sorry, you're going to be voted off the island. Correct. And that's, that's pretty that's, much what that's one of those things. And in, in, re, in real estate, Robbie, you know, it's like a turnstile. If you went to a lot of successful agencies around here, hardcourts, I'd know a lot of people that are just, it's just like a turnstile. Yeah. Um, what I've tried to bring from the military into a Ray White franchise is very, very good leadership. But I've always said leadership doesn't always go from top down. No. It also, also starts from, you know, those team commanders, there's the intent. How are you going to do it? 
Yeah. That's it. And that, and I challenge my staff every day. Yeah, great. Let's talk about that. So you've decided to separate, no dramas, and just... Oh, there was did, dramas. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, what about no problems? You've decided to separate. But look, maybe you, if, you're, if you're in that mode yeah, then, fine. walk us through your separation then. As soon as I knew I couldn't give 100% to Special Operations Command, um, it was time to get out. I'm not the I'm not the kind of man that will drag something out and keep on talking about it and talking about it. When I put in my discharge, people went, "What the fuck is that?" Mm. And I said, "I'm out," because straight away it was hard on my kids. I've got two daughters, right. Amara and Courtney. Courtney's now 18, going on 19, lives in Canberra. Amara's up here with us; she's 16. Wow! And um, I hadn't, you know, you spend so much time. And for those of you that are out there with kids when you were serving. It is such a balance to stay in the now but also jump on that sat phone because being a bear, luckily I had a sat phone. Yeah, true. <laughs> and all the boys used to come up and say, mate, it's an anniversary and I'd say, fucking knock yourself out. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's the taxpayers paying. Yeah. Sorry. 50 bucks a minute. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. But all these kind of things. So it was, it was definitely time. Unfortunately, the military did cost me a marriage. Um, however, um, it was all about the kids. And what do I do? You get that fork in the road. No, I'm going to do it. And it was pretty much from start to finish, one month. Mm. That was it. I got out with Royce Flynn at 126. I think between us we had about 10 to 12 operational tours right around the world. Yeah. And it was like a Mornos, a coffee, catch you later, high five, out the gate. Yeah, and, and that's all it needs to be, to that's be fair. To you be don't need don't, the no, fucking grand bloody parades. No. You know, it's, it's... it's Good memories. As long as you've got closure and you can say goodbye and yep. you can, you know, shake everyone's hand and say thank you for everything, yep. see you on the other side, and Correct. you just, that door closed behind you and away, away you go. Yeah, that's right. And it's a new chapter and it's exciting. It's very exciting. What can you take from what you've done for the last 15 years and get stuck in in your new life? But I know you're smart enough to like a monkey swinging through the vines. You don't let go of two vines at the same time. You had your hand very firmly planted on another vine. Oh, yeah. Climbing ropes with hands, no well, feet. I, I nearly, well, I had two options. I nearly got out and went um, doing what I was doing on the outside for a company um, bringing in equipment from America, all that kind of thing. But it would have been robbing Peter to pay Paul. Yeah. I would have been going away, doing all the capable development work out of the States, Same stuff, just stay not... in the army. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. Being a, being a gun runner, as they yeah, used yeah, to call right, it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I'm still very good friends with that gentleman who still does a lot of defence contracts to this day. Great. Yep. Yep. But you had another option up your sleeve. Real estate. Yeah. Re- did, did I hear you right say when we caught up for a coffee, that coffee the other week, that your the family your family's been in real estate here on the Goldie yeah. before you joined. Correct. Yeah, tell us about that. Right. So <laughs> there's a lot of trepidation coming from what we used to do into a family business, right? Hundred percent. The sons now returned from you know Afghanistan. Look out, and I and I just went about my business. I didn't know I knew real estate quite well because every conversation I used to have overseas with my father usually involved some real estate. Mm. You know, um, of course, we couldn't talk about anything. So he <laughs> finished. He finished the shooting stuff down in in uh, Tassie. Yeah, look, moved he, up here. Done a lot of things. Yeah. Very much an entrepreneur. He's done everything. So good. Small businesses. Got into real estate down in Launceston with Ray White. Come up here, backed himself, started Ray White Oxenford. That then, when I got there, turned into Ray White Oxenford, Ray White Helensvale. And they run successful businesses um, in, their, in their own right. Mm. You know, really do. 
Fuck, the first thing that sprung to mind is like, we need to, we need to have a lunch. I'd love to sit with your dad and just talk about oh, business. Jesus. Oh, I'd he's, love. He's an encyclopedia. He is old school. He's still got the checkbook. But by <laughs> Jesus, does he keep one hell of a ledger? <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's, but he's also a mechanic. He's real. You know, that's the thing about my father. He is real. Good, bad and different. If you don't like it, too bad. You're going to take it anyway. Were they happy when you told them that you'd finished your time in the green and you, Clint was coming home? Oh, mate, look... Yeah, they, they really were. Sure they were. Yeah. They were, mm. yeah. <laughs> Probably more my mother, you know, 100%. But they were because they knew it was time. It was time. I'd done everything I wanted to do in the army, you know, and really the pinnacle being that last trip with you. Yeah. What, what beats that, mm. you know? So it was a good time to transition. How many years did you end up doing? Uh, two, two in drop shorts and 13 in the regs, so 15 all up. Yeah, wow, that's, that's bloody, that's plenty. That's plenty. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's really good. Um, from my memories of being in the military, you don't get taught much about business because whilst my dad ran his own earth moving and sort of grain carting, sheep carting stuff back in the in the country, and mum was one of the senior managers in Kmart for thirty odd years. Yep. They didn't talk to me about marketing and sales and HR and accounts and all those other things that go into oh, the, HR. the the. Yeah. <laughs> we're all still learning on that one. Let me tell you, the mechanics that go into running a business, no one had ever taught me. Yep. What what was your transition? And I've been like doing my own MBA on the fly yeah. every day for the last bloody five years, especially run my own business, um, which I think is the most amazing way to do it, by the way. It is. I don't need to fucking know what's in the book. I can tell you what happens here on the ground. Yep. And, I, you know, that, that translation is, is very crystal clear to me. What was it like for you, though, when you sort of came in? What were you doing when you first started and how did you eventually get to a point where, you know, effectively, you, you, you know, you're the, you're the principal of your own branch or and yeah. or franchise now yeah that's right tell us about that's that right. so uh when i come in look coming coming out of the military your work ethic is easily above ev- any civvy and i'll say that openly because we know that's true so i just come in and started ripping real estate apart and then um one of the receptionists said clint you're going to need a personal assistant this is after month two and i uh, said no nah, i'm just want to do my so own you, thing. when you say uh, let's just sort of dissect that for a second uh, work ethic, yeah. got it, yes. Yep. When you were ripping it, ripping it apart, were you a sales yep. agent, selling agent? You were in the property management? No. You, no. What, what were you actually doing? Sales. 100% yeah. sales focused, but starting to build my own team. And I got busy very quick. You so know? that you'd have uh, people that were uh, contacting Ray White, uh, your, your, sort of your parents' business businesses. They're like, hey, we've got a house to sell. You'd go out there, meet them, do an appraisal, they're like, fuck, you're an awesome dude. You're personable to talk to. You've got a military background. I know you're not going to screw me over. Yep. You're going to try and get the best price for me. You're going to be you know, great with negotiations and you're going to handle the settlement. Correct. Like That's what you do as, yeah, a, as a selling agent, that's right? That's exactly right. And also building up that relationship is key. Mm-hmm. Being in sales is all about one thing, and that's relationships with people. Yep. Being able to go up and down up and down the, uh, the spectrum, as I call it. Mm. White-collared right through to blue-collar workers yeah, and knowing your demographic and your community. So no one just walks into Ray White and goes, here's the keys, go and sell it. You've got to go and hunt your stock. Yeah, but being right. big in analysis and the analytical side of the fence when I was in the army, that's how I started stripping apart the burbs, mm. as I used to call it, and it grew my team. So Ben, um, an analyst out of um, Incor, out of um, the, the RAF, was up at Canungra. He was getting out medically discharged with Crohn's. Um, and he hit me up because I sent out a massive email back in the day and said, if anybody's on the coast, look me up. He did, ended up working for me, and uh, that team was the quickest ever to go to number one for Ray White Queensland. 
Wow, good on you, mate. That's that is bloody fantastic. And then, um, did you really start to enjoy having a couple of family dinners with dad? Because now, now you could openly communicate with him, and no doubt you were learning, learn, bouncing ideas off of him, and getting mentored and taught, and sort of you know. But no doubt he was probably giving you enough of your own reins and rope to go do your own thing as well. Yeah, yeah he did. But it, one one good thing about it, my my parents never treated me like the son at work. It was like, no, Clint's in there. And I used to just get in there and work, not big on gossip. As far as I'm concerned, coming out of the military, I had time to make up, you know, 100%, especially mm. going through a separation. So built the team, built a culture, built a team within the team. And then um, you don't just, uh, not just hand it a Ray White franchise, you're selected. There's only so many principals on the Gold Coast for Ray White. Yeah. And um, luckily they approached me. Um, and said, Clint, we think you've got the right attributes and leadership skills to open up your own business. And that was a big decision point. What Going, year we're talking about here? We're talking about three and a half years ago. So probably yep. when, when was that? Uh, 2019. 2019. Yep. 2019. So I said yes, and I'd like Ray White and Orang. I always wanted to start Ray White and Orang. It's dead centre of the Gold Coast. It, it is the crossroads. We started um, in March... 2019, and here we are today. We started with four, now there's over 20. Yeah, 20. Yeah, that's amazing, mate. Yeah. Um, What's been some of the most challenging times about growing that team? That's a pretty, that's a fair, fair amount of people that come into the team. There's recruitment, there's onboarding, there's uh, induction, there's getting that um, form, storm, norm, perform (laughs) sort of, you know, (laughs) team team dynamics. And it's like that's when you're when, when you're going from four to twenty in three years. That's almost like every couple of months you've got a new form, storm, norm, perform activity because there's a there's a new face in the in the business. And I'm sure there's been a couple of revolving doors from you as well, or not? Like you know, the, or or have every single person that you've recruited stayed so far? Ninety percent. Well, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. But even then, so there, there, yeah, there's been a little bit of churn. Yeah, a little there, bit of churn, uh, which is natural. But you know, but then you've got to bring someone else in. So it's it's a, it's a constant. You call it a revolving door, and it's a, it's a very uh, moving deck chairs, as I sort of uh, re- refer to it. Um, but when you get used to that, I suppose, and you know that that pe- even though you people like you and I that did a fifteen or twenty four year career in the military, like that's a long time. Civvies or non military people, we know already that they they may not be with you forever. Correct. And that's just when you when you understand that they're not going to be there forever. Like there's one person in the business that's going to be there forever. And that's the business owner because yep. otherwise the business fucking doesn't exist unless they sell it to someone else and then there's a new business owner that comes in. Well, with business, it's down to knowing your strengths and your weaknesses and uh, identifying them as soon as you can and you're always learning. Luckily, when I had a uh, – was up at Oxenford, my first employee was 19 years old. He looked like a kid pretty much from the band One Direction. And, uh, <laughs> Slick now, back here. Mate, I'll tell you, now Brenton is um, – Part owner in the business at Narang and is an absolute gun. Now, he didn't start that way. I moulded that lad. He's like he's like a brother to me now. Awesome. And we, we are like yin and yang. We just bounce off each other. Where I'm strong, I am the bulldozer. <laughs> and he cleans up everything behind me and that's yeah. fine. Yep. But you play to your strengths and weaknesses. But luckily, having that running partner in business, whether it's a partner or a significant other like a Brenton, um, look, I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't the, that team. You've got to have an oppo. Oh, you do, mate. That's, you know, you, do. you, you, you don't, you don't go through a door by yourself. You've got to, you got to have someone with you. Don't clear a hallway by yourself you've got to have someone with you, you so you it's do. it's so important and i'm i'm stoked that you found someone so early and so young that you've been able to 
lead, teach, guide, mentor. Yep. And I'm sure now he's almost a little walking, talking version of you. Uh, mate, I tell you, he's a little general. He always, he always <laughs> says, you guys have got no idea. You should have put up with him when he got out of the army because he had the hardest apprenticeship and <laughs> known to man in real estate. I bet. Now I'm mellow. Yeah, mm. just go and talk to Brenton about it. It's all good. Yeah. And Brenton's like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I've certainly mellowed in my leadership approach o- over the years. Yeah. And you do, mate. Like, you know, and fast forward another 10 years when you've been out for 20 and I've been out for nearly, you know, oh, I think I'm about 18 months behind you. Yep. So yep. Uh, eight and a bit years for me and a, the better part of 10 for you. So, yeah, fast forward another 10 years, you and I will be even more mellow. Yeah, Exactly. And that's um, and that's a good thing. It's totally it's totally fine. It's totally fine because we'll have another ten years of business experience under our belt, another ten years of perspective, another ten years of moving deck chairs or revolving doors, ten years of business trends, you know. And, and certainly from a real estate perspective, you know, as I sit here now, you know, look look over your shoulder, mate. Like it's a, it's a great place to live. Fantastic here on the Goldie. Yep. Um, Tam and I just finished living at Q One, as you know. Yep. And even just in and around that sort of. Um, you know, dense part of service paradise, I suppose. There are older high-rises being demolished. Demolished. Yep, there are older houses up. on big blocks being demolished and just new towers going up left, right and centre. It's great to see. And then certainly in the burbs, as you describe it, be that Broadbeach waters on the fringe yes. or all the way out to Narang and or Wurrungaree or whatever it's mm-hmm. going to be, there are older houses being knocked down and brand new fucking McMansions being erected. Yep. Um, you know, and or, you know, some other sort of boutique housing developments out there as well. Mm. How have you seen the Gold Coast markets from a pure real estate sector evolve over the last 10 years? Oh, absolutely mind-boggling, staggering. These are the words and synonyms that I'm throwing out here, but that's exactly what it's been. The population growth is only going one way. Um, the affordability up here compared to the southern states is amazing. Although getting worse. They're getting worse, yep. getting worse. Uh, it's really <clears throat> tightened up with rentals and people are seeing the, these kind of things on articles and on the news and everything like that. Yes, there is a shortage of rental properties, but that was bound to happen with the population growth the way it is so um just just phenomenal compared to when i started real estate nearly 10 years ago to the day to now chalk and cheese yeah wow um what about um house prices have you got a couple of sort of good stories to tell about um no names no pack drills of course uh listing comes on expectations as far as sales of this auction yes or no couple of bids that go in and then you get a you know a sale price you know over or over and above the sort of reserve is there is there something that springs to mind there that's sort of a, a bit of a wow factor you going holy shit i had no idea they were going to get that much for that house yeah oh um time Pro- time probably again. lots of them <laughs> yeah yeah many of them it's it's all about expectation management luckily we sell in older areas so the owners have been there for 30 40 years they can tell you where they buried the cat they can tell you exactly what's in the garden wow so this is the thing you're, you're selling memories you really are in real estate and if you do not get that you will not make it in real estate in my humble opinion you know if you're only there for one thing just a completely wrong reason to be there if you're only there for the money yeah, that's it. Yeah, You've got to be there to create friends, clients, and that's return business. All my business now is return business. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. We're just getting to that point now, and it, and it takes a while. Takes, it takes, takes a, a, long time. a long time to get some traction as far as that goes. So certainly the market conditions have been very helpful for us. Mm-hmm. All the end-of-build coaching sessions I'm doing at the moment for people that have finished building properties over the yep. last 12 to 18 months, they've all made 100-plus grand of equity. And I'll get to the end, I'm like, hey, how are you guys feeling? They're like, that was freaking awesome. Can we, can, can we <laughs> can do we that? 
that again? again. Or when can we do that again? Or what do we need to do to crunch the numbers? Yep. Do I need to fly mum down from Townsville <laughs> so she can look after bub for, you know, or the, uh, the, the toddler for um, a few days a week to reduce our outgoings as far as daycare goes? Robbie, we, we want to do everything, anything we can to buy another property somewhere. Yep. And when you get to that point, and people are looking to buy from you as opposed to you selling a service or a product to them, you turn the game on its head. Yeah, you do. And it's fucking phenomenal. It's phenomenal for everyone involved. It's a win-win. Obviously, the commercial viability of Axon continues to grow from strength to strength. Yep. But most importantly, the purpose of why we here goes from strength to strength is to help the defence community secure their financial future using property. And when I'm able to do that not 100 times a year, but 200 times a year, and now you know we've got 400 properties that we've bloody done yep. with over 150 million dollars of wealth that we've injected back into the sort of de- defense community good feeling it's a fucking amazing like i don't have 150 million dollars nope. but we've helped create that much wealth in the defense community like mm. it's so good isn't it it's setting up these families and and you know back in the good old days when you're cutting out the you know the clipping from the paper so your kids can have a pizza i remember doing this in perth <laughs> this is no bullshit but building wealth it's good because if they've got wealth and they know that their kids are doing well because they're financially sound yep. straight away money gives you options it's not everything in the world but it gives you options and when it comes to options for families and kids bingo it's that intergenerational wealth oh it is it's by far the number one reason when I, and I do sit down and, and dissect people's goals when I you know, with the very first coaching session I'm like so why are you here Oh, yeah. we've got some money in the bank. We want to buy a property. I'm like, I got, I can see what the numbers are mm. but why? Mm. They're like, oh and then we eventually get to a point um, and not everyone has children, by the way. Tomorrow and I are not having kids, That's right. for instance. But they're like, I want to leave a couple of kids. You know, we've got to have, we're going to have two children, or we've got two children now. We at least want to buy our own home and two investment properties to yep. leave something for the kids. Oh, that's and that's that intergenerational wealth. It is like it's you know, it no and it's wonder. good to see. Yeah, it's, it's really, really good, good to see. see the parents are there thinking about taking these steps because it it is a really sound way to build that internal wealth, like you say. It yeah. really is. There's you, no better way. You will be amazed at the amount of. Sub twenty five year old couples, singles, gay couples, whatever, that walk in our door via the internet, walk like we, that we coach, that have been brought up with good money habits from their family. Mm. I was not brought up with good money habits in my family because I grew up in the country as well, yep. a couple of hours north of Adelaide. And I'm not saying it's a it's a poor area; it's a very blue collar area. Yes, but people would shit themselves if they knew that I was in a couple of million dollars of good debt. Yes, you know. Yes, <laughs> uh, back, good back, debt. Back, big difference. <laughs> back, back there, it's like pay your own home off as soon as you can, and you yeah. just live in that sucker for the rest of your life, and you that's it. You don't have a mortgage. Perception to reality, mate. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. But like, there's so many young guys and girls now, and it really lots me up. And my wife Tamara as well. She's like, I can't believe they're 22 years old. They've already got 100 grand saved. They bought their first property. Now they're going to have two investment properties mm. over a million dollars over a million dollar property portfolio, which is operating in a positive space by the time they're 25. Like, how good is that going to be when they get to their 50s and oh, stuff? Great feeling. Like, self of retirees. It's yep, family set up. Yep, peace of mind for the kids. It's everything. It's it really so is. good, mate. And I'm sure that your some of the other satisfaction that you get is that, sure, you sell houses, but then people buy houses and then you go and then welcome people into their new homes as well. Oh, so like young families that have finally got a roof over their head, for instance. Mate, I've, had, I've been in th- involved in that many emotional sales. One pops out, and it's actually... I'd um, love to hear about it. Well, you know Poppy Pierce. 
passed away yes. Afghanistan. I didn't know him personally, but I know who you refer to. Yep. Yes. So I'm, I'm good friends with his late wife. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, from his wife, mm. uh, Nicole, and also has two, two girls. Met her early on in Oxenford, actually, just in a door knock, believe it or not. And I met um, Stephanie first, her youngest daughter. Long story short, Nicole wanted to sell that property um, off California Drive in Oxenford. My father went round to help with the tiling. Special, special story this How one. good. And, um, and that was fine. And Nicole wanted to get onto acreage. She worked at the Outback Spectacular with horses and found the property and couldn't quite get it as far as the vendor expo- expectation went with money. The uh, head army chaplain was involved in the, in the purchase from R1 down in Canberra, got, got them on board. Uh, another gentleman, his name eludes me now, and we pretty much put the deal together. Now, that was the most emotional deal. There was not a dry eye in the house or in that business that night when we got that deal together. Mm. Um, I think even the chaplain was crying. You know, which is beautiful. And now Nicole lives... Holy tears, of course. Oh, absolutely. Be- yeah, beautiful. Beautiful story. It really was. But um, And that's a good is thing. she still living there now? Still living there now, mate. I was just talking to her a couple good. of weeks ago. Got the Australian flag, you know, flying high every day. Brilliant. You know, beautiful lady. But um, th- these are the things. Real estate can be a beautiful thing for families. It really can be because of all the motion involved in it. Yeah. yeah. You know, and... There's this wonderful thing called lifestyle choices versus wealth creation choices. I had a great chat with um, one of the senior NCOs was down at one two six. He's now got out working for a a, a, uh, in, a in a high level job down in Canberra, yep. earning a shit ton more money. But obviously now he's paying he's paying seven hundred and fifty bucks a week rent, not yep. two hundred and fifty bucks a week in Maricorda. So it does sort of you know there's twenty six grand a year there or so difference. So it all it all balances like there. And he goes look. Um, Made a couple of hundred thousand dollars of equity in a property up at the Sunshine Coast he bought with us. Super stoked about the process. And he's like, look now, but we want to like get our get our feet into the property market. And when we're pretty, you know, probably going to buy our own home down here in Canberra. I said, how, how much do you want to spend? He goes, oh, probably about 900, 950. I'm like, all right, no worries. I said, what are you going to get for that? And they're like, like a 50-year-old house right way out the back and then like 50 k's away from town because Canberra market has mm, done booming. so, so well. And it's been very expensive for a long time. So I had a Goulburn. <laughs> yeah, almost. Anyway, and um, and I just said, look, mate, if you want to go and spend the better part of a million dollars on a 50-year-old house miles away from anywhere because that's all you can afford, I just need to let you know that that's going to be a lifestyle choice. You know, and you'll be you'll be paying off that mortgage for a long, long, long time. And you know, I know that you want to have the security of a roof over your head. You've got two young children, and your missus working there. I've got all that, no dramas. But your lifestyle choice and wealth creation choices, Clint, are not the same, are no, they? They're not. They are it's, not. And the sooner you understand that from a mindset perspective, the better you'll be. Don't get me wrong. If you buy in an area and you want to live there from a lifestyle choice and it goes up in value, fucking happy days. Correct. But if it doesn't go up in value, you shouldn't whinge about it because you're choosing to live there from a lifestyle, not wealth creation. Yep. Two completely different trains of thought. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. good. Um, mate, I love your passion about real estate. I love the fact that you're now another successful veteran entrepreneur. Um, it's it's got. I think it's going to be my next project. And I'll ask you something without warning per se i'd love you to consider at some stage down the track when you and i consolidate our current businesses even more to to get together in some way shape or form and try and pass on some of the lessons learned and some of the experiences about how to 
navigate your way through being an entrepreneur from the very start all the way through to being somewhat, you know, to, to getting it to an even keel well, anyway. It's been a hell of a ride. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, a few puckering moments <laughs> here and there as well. Every day, but mate. You have to back yourself. Yep. You'll come to that decision point where it's either boots in, it is, it's jump in the deep end and swim. Well, you do. That's you grab all of your chips on life correct. and you go... Straight in. I'm in on this. That's right. And hope like fuck that yeah. it works. You're in on yourself. Yeah, you, you really are. are. When I started the business out in the M1, um, so much money to invest in it, so many settlements coming in. It was the oh shit moment, but you just back yourself. Yeah, it's yeah. so good, So I'd mate. love to do that, mate. Absolutely. Yeah. All about that. I yeah. love passing on my experiences, good, bad, and otherwise from a property and real estate perspective mm-hmm. and putting the right plans and coaching and guidance for, our, you know, for all of our clients now. Yep. My next little venture, mate, and I think, you know, the little spark in your eye there about being a successful veteran entrepreneur, because there's people that are getting out that are like, fuck that, I don't want to take orders from anyone else anymore. Yep. I'm going to start my own business. And that's easy for those words to roll off your tongue. Very easy. But it's the hardest thing you're about to do, <laughs> and the freedom Strap and the extra in. time and all this money you're about to bloody start making is just fucking not going to happen no, anytime soon. It won't. So I need, I want, I want people to be crystal clear about that, and that. So that's a statement. And then there's obviously lots of little points that go underneath that as well. If you do not have the foundation built in business, it will fail. Eighty percent do inside of the first twelve to twenty four months. Yep, that's yep. it. But your key, the key takeaways when you're doing wash ups, people have to be willing to take on this knowledge. Mm. That's it. You know, and the main thing getting out of the army, military, purpose. Yeah, who are you? Yeah, who are you? What yeah. do you, what do you want to be? You know, who is the real person where you don't have your rank and your uniform on anymore? We oh, all feel on. extremely spot proud. Yep. We all put our different berets and hats on and whatever it's going to be and rank and insignia, and we all feel extremely proud. But in the real world, there's none of that yes, shit. It's no one fucking cares. Door. Who gives a who, shit? No, no you're in the cares. army. Good for you. You know, I, <laughs> we think we're in a patriotic community, uh, to a point. <laughs> I see all these people on LinkedIn, and perhaps I did it when I first got out as well. They're like, you know, John Smith, DSC, MCS, yeah, yeah. AO. I'm like, mate, no one fucking cares yeah. that you got a DSC or whatever it is back in fucking 15 years ago in Afghanistan. It means zero in a corporate civilian work-based platform yes. in on called LinkedIn. Yep. So, But, you know, it, it, it takes a little while for people to realise that, that they just, you know, it's uh, – I watched Top Gun last night with the rest of the crew. Yeah, nice. Watched it on Saturday night. You did? Yeah, I did. Right. And yep. what's, the, what's the one line that Iceman left Maverick with on the computer screen there that actually rang true with me? I think it was um, something like um, find a way or keep It's time to let let go. go. That's right. It's time to let go. It's funny. Yeah, that really resonated at the time. It's it's true. I thought you were going to say do some of that pilot shit. Well, (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, it is time. It is time to let go. And I went, oh, I was sitting there. I'm like, fuck, that is so true. And we've been out ten, eight, nine, ten years, both of us. And whilst we love sitting here and having these little sessions where we can regale and think, talk about <laughs> great mates and mates yep. that are not here with us anymore and the wins and the losses, the one bit of advice I can do, ladies and gents, is let go of who you were in the military and find the new you. Oh, 100%. That is <laughs> I'll leave true, you mate. with that. No, Clint, thank you so much for coming to join us on Axons Unleashed, mate. I reckon we're going to get you back in and we can talk about a whole range of stuff. So you and I will talk offline about that over the, the coming weeks and months. But promise me one thing, let's do a lunch with your dad. <laughs> Thanks, brother. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thanks for All joining us. All the best, us. guys. Thank you.